0: Hi, I'm Kristen Ludlow from NBA Inside Stuff, and you're listening to the Double Clutch
1: Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Double Clutch NBA Podcast. I'm one of your usual hosts, Matthew Wellington, and I'm joined tonight by my fellow co-host, Matthew Bates. Hello. Doing the old-fashioned thing of ringing in on a telephone.
0: We did it when LeBron moved. Why not do it tonight?
1: Yeah, it's not quite as hyped that tonight, really. Um, so we've got a few things to talk about this week. Obviously, uh, Joe and Thomas have brought you shows the last couple of um weeks so we're basically filling in the gaps they're doing their own thing and we're doing our own thing we just sort of go with the flow and do the tangents and talk about films and make everything up as we go along um, speaking of which Star Wars is out next week so everyone's excited I haven't heard, what is Star Wars? What is Star Wars? Never heard of Star Wars no one knows of Star Wars
0: Star Trek?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is it if you, hang, on, hang on a minute, if you had to pick an NBA player to play the bad guy in a Star Wars film who would it be?
0: It's a cheeky one but it's very because it's my opinion. It'd probably be Dwayne Wade.
1: Yeah, I can see it. Yeah,
0: it's only because I think he is the unsung villain of the NBA. <laughs> Who would yours be?
1: Ah, oh, um, I don't know, but you know, the Sith Lords have this ability to kill people quite quickly. So I'm thinking, mm. I'm thinking Steph Curry right
0: now. <laughs> Oi. He because ju- he kills people. That was
1: what a tangent that was. Yeah, the Warriors are 22 and O. Um, they beat the Brooklyn Nets last night on Sunday night. They, no, Saturday night, sorry. They beat the Toronto Raptors in Toronto. That was the, uh, sort of early game. It was 10 p.m. UK time and hashtag NBN UK was sort of on fire that night. It was really good to see everybody tweeting and getting their thoughts across on the way the Warriors were playing. And, you know, full credit to the Raptors. I think they played really well. Kyle Lowry was phenomenal in that game and they, they were.
0: They were the Raptors were up five at, near the end of the fourth quarter, and I thought because I watched it live, I thought this is it, twenty one and one.
1: Yeah, I genuinely like going into the game. I actually I was speaking to my mate knock on um Twitter, and he was just basically saying I would not be surprised if the Raptors won this. Like they were playing well. Kyle Lowry's been like a dark horse for MVP. He's playing really really well. Um, he had forty points the other night as well. I think it was, and you know Steph Curry matched it. It was a game of of highs between those two. Sorry, 41 career high for, um, for Kyle Lowry. But he, heck of a performance from him. And then you had the Warriors second unit, you know, the guys off the bench not really playing too well that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, it just all went weird. Steph Curry hit some stupid shots. He kind of fell over at one point and still made his shot. Uh, he was making ridiculous threes in that fourth quarter. And, you know, 20 seconds left. Curry and Thompson went to the free throw line, six for six on the line the night. And that was it. It was all over. 21st straight win. And then last night they took on Brooklyn. It was close until the third quarter. And then Stephen Curry just flipped a switch. And he's got to be starting to piss off other teams now because, like, these guys are celebrating, like, they've won the NBA title on the court at, uh, in, during games. And it's it's annoying me as a fan watching it, but I can't imagine what it must be like if you're on the opposing team and you see, you know, Stephen Curry throws it up for an alley oop for Draymond Green and then they're, they're, like, dancing down the flipping court. And it's just, oh, <laughs> uh, it's annoying.
0: I know, but it's, it's, what's more? Swaggilicious, I, I think you know, is the word. It's, it's very weird now that, like, you kind of expect it from Steph Curry, which, and you're kind of starting to take him for granted because it's like, oh, it's a 30 footer, off the bounce, two people guarding him. Oh, it's going to go in. You you know, it's, you think it's going to go in, which is ridiculous because it shouldn't go in and it does go in. And we're going to start taking him for advantage by not actually realizing that no one else in the NBA has ever done this or can do this and he does it with such ease it's unbelievable in that Raptors game there was about three shots in the fourth quarter when I just laughed so what else can you do now watching him
1: yeah and they played the um, the, the Charlotte Hornets during the week as well and there was a shot in that where Curry was wide open in the corner and basically Kemba Walker just you saw the replay he just looked so dismayed was like, he knew <laughs> it was going in um, I think it was Draymond Green was already like going up the other end of the court like getting back on defence <laughs> and it's just like Guys are predicting this now, and it's, you know, it's annoying. Um, it's worth noting that the longest streak in NBA history is currently owned by the Los Angeles Lakers with 30, 33 straight. Um, they won't be achieving that this year, so it's up to the Warriors to beat it. So we'll see what happens. Um, at the moment, I think the UK is sort of torn between wanting them to get there and not wanting them to get there because there's a lot of Toronto Raptors fans in the UK, and the other night they were sort of pretty loud in um, stating that they kind of wanted to win that game. And they came close. I mean, you cannot discredit what the Raptors done. Dwayne Casey's had a lot of um, lot of hatred uh, over the last couple of years for the way they've managed themselves, sort of especially in the playoffs. But they're playing really well this year. And, you know, Carl Lowry's lost a hell of a lot of weight. Yeah, Looks like a completely different player. And he's cutting teams apart. And uh-huh. it's great to see. And DeMar DeRozan, you yeah. know, playing big. He's looking for that contract this summer. And it's kind of understandable that they're all playing like this. now. <laughs>
0: He just needs to be a bit more consistent outside shooter because nowadays, if you're a two guard, even a three guard, it seems it seems to be that you have to be able to consistently shoot about 40%, if not a little bit lower, but definitely more to actually be a valuable person, a valuable player that you can build the team around. Because if you haven't got the outside shot nowadays, you haven't really got much. But Demar Derozan, who does drive to the rim a lot, which is what he's best at, and at the moment at the start of the season it's going very well in the playoffs though it might be a bit question when teams will block the pain and obviously research him and stuff like that and know exactly all his moves but he is having a good season so far
1: it's really strange because like all year they've been like the league's third worst first quarter team and mm-hmm. it carried on the other night but the two matches they've played so far against the warriors have both been actually fairly close affairs come the end of the game and we saw that the other night. They got absolutely battered in the first sort of 10 minutes and then they worked their way back into it. Kyle Lowry is really smart this year with the way he's losing his body to get in the way of players, especially on the offensive end, who are sort of coming towards him. And then he, you know, either gets a charge or somehow draws a foul. And he's just, he's got this mindset now. If he draws the momentum away from teams, that are, yeah. you know, getting ahead of them. And I think it's really good to see because the last few years he wouldn't have done that. Like he'd have been classed as either too soft or not intelligible enough to sort of do it and now he's actually doing it and it's just really good to see so yeah yeah the raptors are 12 and 9 they're playing really well um they're like a, i think the nba did nba.com did their power rankings today and they've put them as like seventh which is pretty high up considering the way everything's going but there's a lot of east coast teams in there at the moment the eastern conference is on an absolute tear right now and it's it's really weird to see because yeah certainly since we've been doing this podcast it's just been the west every year dominant but the east right now you know, along with like the New York Knicks and teams like that, they're all putting <clears> things out. And speaking of the Knicks, we've got to mention Kristaps Porzingis because he has been phenomenal. And I know you've got something to say because you, you you're not believing the hype, so to speak. There's a plug no, for a podcast there as well.
0: No, I'm I'm not I'm not. Uh, I just think the fact that they play in New York and it's the biggest media city in the in the in the world in the world, and <laughs> that reason they are an average team. They are considerably better than last year. But they're not. They it's they were just awful enough. last
1: year. So yeah,
0: they're considerably better. But they're still just an average team. They're
1: below 500 at the moment. They're 10 and 11. They lost last night to the Bucks. 106.91. They got killed basically. Yeah. They weren't in that game.
0: They're they're not a championship threat. They're not really a playoff threat. They will make the playoffs, but they won't do much more than lose in the first round. I I, it just annoys me because all the big market teams, I know it's something that we come to expect that they get overhyped, especially in New York. And it is good to see that the Knicks are better and they are actually competitive. But I think we need to cool our jets, even so on pausing, <laughs> paus, pausing as being the next what have you, because defensively he's not that great. And I think he will be get caught out quite a lot. I think he, like, like Miritich last year. Was incredible for the Bulls, and this year he's not because teams have figured him out. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen with Porzingis. Not saying he's bad or anything like that. I just don't think he deserves all the hype he's getting.
1: Well, he's still really young. It's his first year in the NBA. I don't think anybody kind of expected the performances we've seen out of him thus far.
0: No, that's true. He's
1: seven foot three. He's got a you know fairly lanky body for a guy that big. He needs to work on you know his muscle developing his weight a bit but his, his, like the guys he's he's been talking about idolising have been Kevin Durant the last few years, obviously the way KD's changed himself, become this non-nice guy into this mean guy who backs you down and uses his body to get where he wants. Um, Dirk Nowitzki as well is a big influence on um on Pazingas and they play tonight, so that'll be a great matchup to watch just to see those two um, going at it. And Dirk's got a lot of respect for him already and it's just really good to see that there's this, like I wrote an article about it a few weeks ago, like there's a really good European crop of players coming out now and It's just good for, for sort of us in the UK and for everybody over in this, you know, this side of the world, just to see players playing this well. He's put himself into the, into the rookie of the year candidate. I think like he's in there now. I don't think he would have been in there a couple of weeks ago. Guys like Emmanuel Moody. have possibly fallen way down the the sort of pickings. He's not played well recently, but even Carl Anthony Towns has been fairly quiet i say fairly quiet he's missed a few
0: games yeah missed a few
1: games but he's been making some ridiculous shots one of the Mm -hmm. ones i I tweeted it out the other night i think it was zach harper from um iron basketball posted it on his account and i was just like how is this kid making these shots like these are Mm. you know shots that kd should be making and dirk would be making not you know Carl anthony towns first year in the league and porzingis is doing it he's got a really good game so far it's just going to get better and it's just You know, it's good when the big franchises have something to cheer about because if they don't have something to cheer about, all you hear about is how bad they are, and it gets slightly depressing. Yeah, but it shouldn't be like that. It should just be who cares?
0: It's just another team. It's the same thing. We are going to talk about Kobe later, and it's precisely the same point. But it is good to have the Knicks because it's it's a team where the fans are knowledgeable. You listen, you watch a game, and you can actually hear the fans. They they actually cheer at the right moments. They cheer at things that, if you were in oh, Out Philadelphia, the fans aren't as knowledgeable and stuff like that. So they, you know, they don't really react more. But New York, it's the mecca of basketball and stuff like that. It is good for them to be good. But yeah. Carl anthony Towns, I think, personally, is the man of the draft. I think in ten, five years, he'll be better than everyone else. I think in ten years, he'll be better than everyone else. And I'll just say, Jahlil Elkapoor won't win the rookie of the year, even if he averages 30 points, 15 rebounds, just from what's happened recently.
1: No, like the, the Timberwolves, and I spoke to um, Joe about it the other week, they've got two transcendent stars on that team now. Mm. And the future of the NBA is with those guys. You look at what Andrew Wiggins can do, he can play multiple positions and he can play them all fairly well. And Carl Anthony Towns has become, has, you know, he's a power forward slash centre who can hit threes and make stupid shots. It's just, it, the the league is changing and it's and we're seeing it with the way the Warriors are playing. You know the twenty two and oh streak, a jump shooting team is ruling the NBA right now, and uh-huh. no one is even close to them. Stephen Curry's got this ability to just pull up anywhere he wants to on the court, even at the halfway point, and still make the shot. And we've not really seen that before. And it's kind of it's weird because we're looking at the NBA now, thinking Stephen Curry might be the best player in the league, and KD's still in this league. LeBron James is still in this league. You know,
0: he's certainly playing. Like the best player in the league, but if he is the best player in the league, it's so hard to determine that. I think
1: if you want points right now, yeah, he is the best, the best player in the league.
0: He's, he's <laughs> the best scorer in the league. It's just like obviously LeBron's more of a tank. He's a better, well, he's a better <laughs> all-round player, defensively, offensively. In the but post. Stephen
1: Curry's not that bad defensively oh, now.
0: No, I'm not saying he isn't, but obviously, I, but I do think LeBron is more of a well better, well-rounded player than. Curry. I think he can do a lot more in. His, I think he can do a lot more in his Arsenal, but I just think that Steph can just score better. If you kind of know what I'm saying. Like if they needed a point down low, LeBron could do that. Steph couldn't. But then again, LeBron can't shoot from thirty feet without with ease.
1: No, LeBron still struggles to shoot the three at a consistent rate, and yeah. that's always been one of his problems. Even through his uh-huh. like the championship years where the Heat were posting silly winning records, like the Warriors were, he, he was still not a consistent perimeter shooter. And Stephen Curry's just got that nailed in the bag. And then just to piss you off even more, they've got Clay Thompson, who's also pretty good (laughs) at it. Draymond Green can do it. Harrison Barnes can do it. You know, and it's just, it isn't fair. And it's, you know, it's just Uh annoying. And I think the league is changing. And I think over the next few years, we're going to see a lot more players, a lot more uh, slight players, I think is the word, coming into the league and, you know, bringing this big attitude like Stephen Curry's got. Because the last few years, we've kind of seen LeBron James and KD and guys like that. They have dropped off a little bit, but it's purely because of the amount of work they have to do on their teams. Yeah, Steph Curry doesn't have that problem because everyone else around him takes advantage yeah. of the situation yeah. that he gives them.
0: <laughs> they are they are obviously starting to get a bit injury in, injuries in there. Harrison Barnes missed a few games. Andrew Bogut's missed a few games. They're still I, winning. I seriously, I thought it was going to end in in Toronto. I thought it's they've had they've got twenty. That's a massive number. That's an incredible feat to have. And I think. They had a back-to-back coming up. I thought they were going to take it a bit easy, but they are motivated to just blow everyone out of the gym, and that's still kind of what they're doing. It's just shocking people. That's really
1: what they're doing. And it's one of the things where you look at, like you contrast it to the Cavs, who undoubtedly they actually have the best team in the Eastern Conference. It isn't close, and once Kyrie Evan comes back, they'll be even better. Mm-hmm. But right now, because like the I think the Bulls and the Heat are above them in the standings, and yeah. that's just the way that the the sort of cookies crumbled at the moment. But LeBron <laughs> James is having to do a little bit too much.
0: Yeah, because yeah, his supporting cast is not really there. Who do you think? It's been very interesting on NBA Twitter. Interesting argument at the moment. Who do you think the second best team in the in the East are? In the East, yeah,
1: um, the Miami Heat. I think.
0: Yeah, I think think the ball. I think are, the pace. Actually, the, I
1: think the Pacers are playing really well.
0: Yeah, they did lose last night off a great game by Paul George, and I think that's their problem. Paul George. We said this. Well, I don't know. I know. I don't. Not to uh, brag, but I, I did take Paul, <laughs> I did say Paul George was going to have an absolute monster year this year. I knew, and he is. And the only thing is, no one else really is in that team. Oh, that who, team is bad. If you, if Paul George sits, who do you give the ball to? Monte Ellis. <laughs> okay, you want to score. Sorry, that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem with the Pacers at the moment. Paul George is playing absolutely out of his mind. He's just not getting that much backup.
1: Yeah, I just the, the coaching is the biggest thing there. Like they're being coached to an insanely high level, and uh-huh. that's the reason they're what are they fourth at the moment in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. And, You know, they, they, they might slip down. I think Atlanta have still got a lot of wins in them. Atlanta just need to find their form. Charlotte are playing weirdly well. Um,
0: and enjoyable to watch.
1: Yeah, and then Toronto, Even though Al Jefferson's been gunned down, injured, and Toronto and Detroit, like we mentioned, they've both been fairly like Toronto, Detroit for me have been phenomenal, right? Mm-hmm. If they had a little bit more talent, they could actually be one of the, they could probably be the best team in East if they had a couple more players. One player um,
0: away from being a home court advantage team, top four.
1: Yeah, Orlando are playing well. Boston are still getting wins, and that's the bit. That's the Brad Stevens effect. Like he's just that. Are big.
0: Orlando playing well?
1: No, but they're scrapping by people. That's all you need to do in this league.
0: Yeah, I don't like Orlando.
1: Why not? Because they. <laughs> you, you went to Orlando last year, I seem to remember. Yeah,
0: I know. And I had, I was supporting the Clippers in one of the games. Oh,
1: you were the road fan, were you?
0: And then my girlfriend was shouting for Miami Heat so much because Allen <laughs> Brown was playing for them, so I kind of carried, joined in. That was a bit um, awkward, was it? <laughs> No, <laughs> we were next to a Heat fan as well. He was getting really into it.
1: Oh, uh, okay. It was pretty funny.
0: But no, I, this, the thing that annoys me about Orlando is they are what the Sixers could have been. They're just middle of the road team. And then, unless they trade, get a ridiculous trade for a superstar or tank, they're always gonna be, the highest they're gonna be is the sixth in the Eastern Conference next year.
1: But, just to contrast that, you look at what Houston have done the last few years, they were always a midland of the road team, they were always 9th, 10th, 11th, and, you know, look at what they did last year.
0: Yeah, they got assets from not playing well, so they got loads of draft picks, and then they made the superstar, and they made the superstar trade. And the signing. Paul George. Seventy 2016,
1: 17. There's a lot of talent. In that Orlando that team's not lacking talent, though. Like Vucevic they're not, is really but they're good. Not, they're,
0: but they're not. They're not going to ever compete for a championship
1: until they get one or two more players.
0: Which they won't. They yeah, might they, do. Orlando's well, quite way, a nice place only, to live. The only way <laughs> they're going to do that, though, is by trading some of the players they've got at the moment. Yes. Anyway, uh, let's talk about the books.
1: And it, no, Alfred Payton's <laughs> hair. We should be talking about Alfred Payton's hair.
0: I'm dude get a haircut Aaron Gordon's one of my favourite players
1: in the league okay so you have some positives to say about Orlando
0: yeah I'm not saying that they're not good and I'm not saying that they don't have talent I'm just saying at the moment they should have torn it down completely I think I'm just
1: high on the Europeans at the moment I really like I think Evan Fournier is playing well I really like I really like Vucevic you know
0: Oladipo's not playing great yeah
1: he's not European but he's still awesome (laughs) (laughs) the Milwaukee Bucks the Milwaukee Bucks
0: how are they doing how's their starting point guard doing Really well, yeah. Because you know why? <laughs> <laughs> because the one they started out isn't playing anymore. He's on the bench.
1: Uh, and look at Brandon Knight thriving over in uh, Philadelphia. And look as
0: well. at KJ M- KJ McDaniel's. Where's he?
1: Oh God, I can't remember what team he's on though. He's on H- the Houston Rockets. Houston Rockets. Yeah.
0: No, he's not. He's on the D League. Is he? Yeah.
1: When did that happen?
0: Exactly. That's how out of touch I am with the Houston Rockets. Not a good season. player, and the things that Philadelphia traded for him were. Better than that. Isaiah Cannon's playing great. Ishmith's playing great, just not for the Citizens. <laughs> Should have kept hold of him.
1: <laughs> well, you threw that game away the other night where you had a chance to win it. You it... didn't throw it away. You it's did. Lost. <laughs> you gave Denver a win. That's just uh, yeah. You...
0: Not purposely. <laughs> well, speaking of my team, let's speak about your team. Do we have to? You had it on the Dockery. so yes. on the
1: oh on the what?
0: Is it
1: Dockery? Dockery? I, I don't know what you're on about. You've, lo- do- you've lost it, mate. Dockery.
0: Oh, whatever. <laughs> LA Lakers.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, they're, they're, playing, they're playing bad, man. Really bad. I turned the Lakers off last night. I was going to bed anyway, so, you know, it was just a thing. But I think they were like 11-0 and zero down or 10-0 and zero down, and that was it. It was just like, like <laughs> this is nah. over. This, nah. Yeah, I was like, nah, I'm not watching this. I've not watched them all season. I watched a bit of the opening night game against the Timberwolves, and that was about it. I've... Watch them against Sixers. No, I've I've avoided them since then, like the plague. I um I've been watching a lot of Thunder games, uh, a lot of Jazz games, and keeping myself kind of away from the Lakers because they're um they just make me angry. So
0: I have to admit something. What? I've missed two Sixers
1: games this year already. Oh
0: my god! You, the streak <laughs> is broken. <laughs> I missed them against Toronto, and I missed them against. Someone else. but I saw the Lakers
1: game. I can't handle it, man. Like it's just uh, nothing works. They're badly coached. Kobe Bryant's just—I uh, personally think he should quit now, um, yeah. as opposed to wait until the end of the season. If they
0: didn't, if they didn't beat with the Wizards, I yeah, think they should not. That was a
1: joke. That game.
0: They've added about ten. He's added about ten more games onto his career. If by I was
1: that. a Wizards fan, I'd be pissed. They, I,
0: are, Wizards fans are pissed. Because Good. They, they beat the Cavs <laughs> very, very convincingly. And then they... They beat the Spurs
1: a, pretty um, convincingly.
0: And then they put up an absolute stinker against the Lakers. And, and it was Guse.
1: awful. And Martin Gortat's like, Kobe, give me a hug. It's like, dude, yeah. it's midway through the game. Play the game.
0: Well, the Wizards are playing.
1: And it. that building, and thanks to StubHub and all things like that, was like 70% Lakers fans. They booed John Wall.
0: Yeah, but like, what's going on, man? They were booing John Wall when he was at the free throw line.
1: So I guess we've kind of been waiting for this moment like the last couple of weeks. Well, at least I have anyway, just to talk about Kobe Bryant. He announced his retirement the other night. Um, Joe and Thomas did actually do a pod, but they thought they'd leave that bit out because, you know, I'm a Lakers fan. I'd quite like to talk about it. And I know Matthew Bates has got some good memories of watching Kobe Bryant. Um, wow. we are that generation, just a little bit older than the other two. So it gives us more, um, more, more of a basis to sort of, get our feelings across. And um, yeah, Kobe Bryant, 37 years old this year. He's going to retire at the end of the season, making this his last NBA season. He's been in the league since 1996. Um, he's played for the Lakers throughout that entire time. He was obviously the 13th pick in the wow. first round of the 1996, uh, 1996, 1996 <laughs> NBA draft. And he's given a whole generation of NBA fans – Mid 20 year olds, early 30s, you know, lots of memories. And it was a shame to, to, you know, I woke up to reading that on my Facebook and was like, Oh man, that's a bummer. But then I was kind of like, you know, the way he's performing right now, it, it should have happened sooner. Um, he's playing badly. He's making stupid shots. He's just throwing it up for the heck of it. Every game is like a sideshow. Like the game yeah. isn't the actual thing. Everyone's just there to see Kobe. The Detroit Pistons last night did a one-minute introduction where they went through all of his accolades. Um, and then the other the the other week when they played in Philly, they did a, like an intro video for him and another two minutes. He is intro technically to...
0: from Philly, though.
1: Yeah, but it's get, it's getting annoying, man. Like, do it at the end of the year or something. I know it's the last time they're going to see the guy, but it isn't because he'll come back for something else. Um, not basketball, probably whatever. But yeah. um, you know he's a credit to the league i think he's given a whole generation memories like i like i was saying i did you know he wrote the article on um players tribune basically the letter saying dear basketball i love you you've given me all of this you have given me all of that and
0: all this money
1: yeah i've given i've my body's like given everything and you know five-time nba champion two-time nba finals mvp most valuable player award in 2008 probably shouldn't have won that um, Seventeen-time <laughs> NBA All-Star, his like his accolade list. Just go on Wikipedia if you want to read them all because it's it's phenomenal. He's one of the best players to ever play the game, and it's just been a privilege to sort of grow up watching Kobe Bryant. And you know, the torch now shifts onto a new a new. Oh, it shifted quite a while ago. Yeah, okay, but there is no name as big as Kobe Bryant in the NBA until now, when you've got LeBron and Stephen Curry and other guys stepping up. So. Hmm.
0: Yeah, very true. I, I was at, I was at the Sixers Lakers game. He's a two,
1: transcendent player, shall we say?
0: Yeah, three years ago, the last it was the, it was the uh, Dwight Howard year. Yep. I was at the Philly Lakers game there, and it was just it, even then it was Kobe fans galore. <laughs> it was just ridiculous. I was sat behind someone in a lower Marion 30, 33 jersey. Yeah, and it was just like, chill out, mate. But, um, That's what it no, is it's he's no, the closest he he he's was... the closest
1: thing this league has had to Jordan since Jordan yeah. retired.
0: He's <laughs> been one of my favorite players for the like uh in the NBA for years. Uh specifically this mid mid 2000s was when I was a massive Kobe fan. It's like the year that they it's all the years that they didn't win a championship actually. So it was like the last few years so like Shaq
1: 2005 or, to No,
0: 2003 to till. 2003, I was a massive fan because one of my best favourite moments is he went on a stretch of 11 games of scoring 40 points. Yeah. And I remember I bought the DVDs of those games. and <laughs> uh, But he, the the best, and it was one of, it was, I remember Sky Sports, they used to show games from Friday night and Saturday morning in two hours, two hour block. And it was the Knicks-Lakers. And he does this, my favourite in-game dunk ever. He goes baseline against Luchos pretty well and just like windmills it reverse. It's great. It's great. But Kobe, yeah, he is, he does have flaws, but if he, his positives outweigh his flaws so much over such a long career. Loads of different teammate, teammates, some good, some smush Parker. Um, <laughs> he, yeah, he's just, his attitudes, his fearless competitiveness, his Jordan-esque ways, well, great. I will miss him, but yeah, it really is time for him to hang up, will be, sh- hang up the sneakers.
1: There will be a lot of fans who don't miss him, but I think come three or four years' time, they'll slowly turn around and sort of regret that because he has been, like I was saying earlier, a transcendent player in the league. He's something that You can get your friends like even if they don't like the NBA, they probably know who Kobe Bryant is. Yeah. He's been on Family Guy episodes and stuff like that. And it's just, you know, mainstream media knows what Kobe Bryant is or knows who Kobe is. Uh And, you know, he's made that Lakers twenty four or eight, whatever it is you want to talk about, his jersey number wise, you know, recognizable instantly. And he had that that sort of bad season, you know, two thousand and four, two thousand five, got a lot of criticism that year for the allegations that happened. Yeah, um, but he stood up after that. You know, had a couple of weird years with they the Lakers where he still
0: was, went to the finals that year.
1: Yeah, and, and they she's
0: still something.
1: And to actually stick with the Lakers for his entire career is just phenomenal, yeah. really, when you think about it. Because he had the chance to leave. The Lakers weren't playing very well. They sorted it all out. They they went and got um, Pau Gasol from the Memphis Grizzlies, and then you know, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. That two thousand eight NBA Finals, and I know the Lakers lost, but it was incredible. Mm. Um, that set the Lakers up I think for the next two, three years um, the motivation that I think Kobe took from that loss against the Celtics in game six um, just carried them on you know that Lakers team with, with Pau and Andrew Bynum and Sasa and all those Meta. guys like yeah Metta World Peace oh, Ron Artest yeah, 20 name guy Lamar Odom Like that was a really talented team and I think Kobe Bryant kind of Chris Mim got DJ and Benga um, got the best out of them. But, you know, um, it's just, it's it's weird looking back on it and you see like the dominance for that, the late 2000s, where it's like 2008 to sort of 2010. And then you had the period afterwards where Kobe was just sort of rampantly chasing this sixth ring. Um, didn't really get very close, to be honest. And I think one of the years was the year when um, I think Kobe and LeBron had agreed that they'd meet in the finals. And then LeBron went and got, knocked, got himself knocked out by the Celtics. Yeah. Um. So that kind of disappointed an entire generation, really, that we never got to see LeBron James versus Kobe Bryant in an NBA Finals matchup. But, you know, it's one of those great what-ifs. Um. Those of you old enough would have seen Kobe play Michael Jordan. I obviously yeah. didn't because I was a bit too young at the time. But
0: First yeah. game I saw Kobe, I remember seeing Kobe and, th- well, it wasn't the first game I saw him play, but it was the first game when I saw, when I was like, oh, Kobe Bryant, was uh, the 98 All-Star game on Channel 4.
1: On Channel Four. Oh yeah, God, breaking up. I remember,
0: watch- remember watching that with my brother.
1: Breaking out the history there, um, and oh, then yeah. obviously, sort of 2013 onwards has been really injury plagued. Like it's not been great, um, which is but a that, shame because you go that back
0: Dwight a- Howard. He Dwight Howard season. He was still really
1: probably, good.
0: Yeah, that was probably his best season in years.
1: Yeah, he was carrying that team. Like he was doing everything physically possible to get that team into the playoffs, and he got them into the playoffs in the end. It was just a shame that he ended up being injured and Dwight Howard wasn't man enough to sort of step up to the plate and carry them in, so, you know. Mm
0: -hmm. He never wanted to be there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Kobe Bryant has changed now. I think the guy that we've been seeing in the interviews, TNT did an interview with him last Thursday, um, ESPN and all these other channels have done interviews with him. I think he's changed profoundly as a human being. Like He seems to be a far more relaxed, laid-back guy now that he's just kind of at peace with his decision.
0: It's kind of like a load off his mind.
1: Yeah, and it's great because the last few years it's been Willie will he, won't eat and even the start of the season it was Willie won't eat and everyone's uh-huh. just like you know he's so stubborn he's just going to carry on until he's literally his legs fall from underneath him but uh-huh. i think he's made the right decision um the whole olympic team debate is really up in the air whether he deserves like you know you can just give him a place for the heck of it because he's kobe bryant but whether that chucks out a younger guy I, I don't necessarily agree with it even though it is you know even though kobe is one of the greatest players to to ever play the game of basketball. And, like, for me personally, Kobe Bryant's the reason I watched the game. Like, yeah. you can all sit here and criticize me for being a Lakers fanboy or whatever, but Kobe Bryant's the reason I grew up watching this game, the reason it's become my favorite sport, the reason I do this podcast, the reason I do the website, the reason I'd spend. Stupid amount of hours, you know, watching League Pass and reading through the NBA history books. And mm-hmm. he's the reason. And there'll be a new generation coming up right now who are a lot like, younger than us. And they'll be watching Stephen Curry on BT Sport and on NBA League Pass, which is a fairly new thing for like me and for us guys. Cause like me and you were watching on Channel 4, like you said, and Sky Sports. Mm-hmm. And then League Pass came along in what, 2007, 8?
0: First year I got it was the year before the decision.
1: Oh, 2008, nine. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Um, but you know, that for me, the new generation that's going to come along is going to get to watch the best of Stephen Curry and the best of, you know, LeBron James. And we kind of didn't really get that with Kobe. We got the last end of his career and the early bits and like, you know, VHS, if you're lucky, like Bates was and Pontel. (laughs) <laughs> silly silly overpriced satellite subscriptions to tv networks that your parents hadn't heard of yeah and asn <laughs> asn yeah go on, it's espn now <laughs> um but yeah it like kobe is the passing of a generation i'm a bit sad um trying not to well up here i was getting pretty mm-hmm. emotional when i wrote my article the well, not really an article when i wrote my poem return thing the other night but yeah mm. he's the reason i watched the game and like the reason i'm probably sitting here tonight so
0: yep yeah, well, uh, yeah, and remember the good years. The, like, no one will remember this year or the years prior. Everyone will just remember that stretch, that decade of the noughties, is that what, that's what we call it? Yeah, the noughties, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just
1: remember the noughties. Well, you even really,
0: 2011.
1: If you're really annoying and you're just going to sit there and talk about his shooting percentages and things like that, then just go away. But he does need to, he should
0: just play like 10 minutes a game.
1: Yeah, like this year, he should. I think he should have like called it quits the other night, and you know, mm. just jump out now, give this team a little bit of a chance to develop, and you know, yeah, no, they're trying know. to keep their pick. They're trying to keep the pick from the Sixers. They'll be bad even with without Kobe Bryant. It's not going to make a difference if Kobe a lot, is it? No, that's very true. So- Trade him. <laughs> yeah, New York, here you come. Um, <laughs> but no, that's that's kind of all I've got to say on Kobe Bryant, and I think we've. Um, We've done him justice. So I think there'll be a lot of people with varying opinions. If you do have varying opinions, please do he, let us know. But...
0: He is probably being the most hated but loved athlete. What
1: athlete? uh it's basketball player. Yeah, but there was a weird period where people didn't like LeBron James.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's when he moved to
1: Miami. Yeah, and then Miami started doing all this wondrously magical stuff you know, four straight finals and everyone mm-hmm. was all over him and then he went back to Cleveland and everyone was like, oh, he's such a darling. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, like middling years where it was just like, it was Kobe or LeBron, there were two guys. And I can see why some people didn't like Kobe there. Yeah. Some allegations he's had. Well, yeah, that's why I mentioned the, the, the different mm. season he had yeah. that year. Um mm-hmm. But I, I think there's a different mentality here. Like, Kobe Bryant might be the last alpha dog sort of player that we see. Um, yeah. Yeah, a guy who's just out there to win the game. If he has to do it all himself, then he'll do it all himself. It doesn't matter. Doesn't Mm -hmm. care what his teammates think. I think that's changed. I think LeBron James came into the league, you know, watching Kobe and he said it himself the other day. He wanted to be like Kobe, but he came in being like Kobe. And the difference was he had this when he came from his high school, he had such a great team mentality there. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: And Kobe never really had that in Lower Merion. So Mm -hmm. it's just a case of LeBron was always that, you know, that way inclined as to pass the ball and, and be a better sort of more efficient teammate. Mm-hmm. And Stephen Curry's doing the same thing now. Kevin Durant isn't a selfish player. I wish he was because he'd probably be a lot better than he actually is, but Westbrook's uh, a bit Kobe-ish. Westbrook is the closest thing we've got to Kobe at the moment, I think. In terms of mentality, yes. Yes, and raw sheer physicality like is going to mm-hmm. go out there and kill you every single night. Mm-hmm.
0: I can't wait for Kobe's book.
1: you're just waiting for the smush Parker apparently no 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 no
0: there's one person's book I am in dire straits to come out and that is David Stern's but Kobe's is after that (laughs) Uh, one of the Christmas presents I've asked for is Jim Henson's book is this where you do your book segment well it's not basketball it's Jim Henson
1: who's Jim Henson
0: the Muppets guy
1: oh right okay yeah you completely lost me there dude we're talking basketball (laughs) The Muppets guy. Love the Muppets. I'm going to get loads of tweets now guys. why didn't you know that? Yeah, why didn't you know that? Yeah, why, Mom, didn't I, why didn't I know that? Anyway, um, this has been the Double Clutch Podcast. Thank you for listening. The website, as always, is doubleclutchpodcast.co.uk. Um, you can get involved on Twitter, especially on NBA Sundays with hashtag NBA in the UK. Hopefully, Joe and Thomas will bring you another show at some point during the week. And yeah, just keep an eye on the, uh, the Facebook and the Twitter and all those, those those nice things. So we'll catch you soon. Goodbye. bye
0: A one-point game. Walton can tip it. Bryant with the save. Oh, you got to get a shot here. Final seconds. Bryant for the
1: win.